Hi, everybody. Today, we welcome Kathy. When the pandemic hit, Kathy decided to flee her toxic job in corporate America and become a trauma-informed energy worker. But her Salvadorian mom is skeptical of the whole career change. And that puzzles Kathy because she feels that it was her mom's roots that inspired her all along. Let's get into it. My name is Kathy, and I'm originally from Texas, but I was raised in Virginia or the D.C. area. Um, my nationality is Salvadorian, so Central American. And growing up, I called my parents mom and Bobby. My career started in healthcare, so I have a background in healthcare and wellness and um, did it through private practices and then ended up in healthcare, in the corporate healthcare system. Things happen in corporate, so I kind of experienced microaggression, exclusivity, um, and a lot of uh, discrimination. And after a lot of a lot of burnout and one life changing mental health breakdown, I left corporate America March 2020. That is like the big anniversary for me. I always knew that I wanted to be a yoga teacher. Always, I always thought of it as like that'll be the job that I do when I retire. But obviously the universe had like different um, plans and it's just like, but I don't have to retire to do that. I can actually do it now. I put my notice in because there was an incident um, at my job that really just took me out and not having any support from my leader just really told me I don't need to be here. And of course, my last day, the world shut down. First and foremost, I needed to really reconnect with myself because I, the trauma, corporate trauma is real. Yoga really was a catalyst for everything in my life, my healing journey. Um, and that catapulted me to being a breathwork guide, a Reiki um, practitioner now, and also my own trauma and lived experiences really interest me on how I can support and guide people to have tools and, and practices that support them. In that process of healing from corporate trauma, I just decided like, this is my time. This is an opportunity for me to start doing on online or live stream classes. And um, I started building my website. How I came out to my parents, I think I did tell them like, you know what, I, I quit my job, I'm quitting my job, I want to pursue my wellness business. I started teaching in person in here in the area. And my mom didn't understand my side of like my work. It still didn't register for her like, oh, but you know, what else are you going to do? And like, but this is what I'm going to do. It's not that I just, you know, teach yoga. It's really helping people reconnect to their body. Like understanding that don't wait until you end up in the hospital to take care of you. They get to learn not to feel guilty for taking care of themselves. This is what I really do. I make an impact in their lives and emotional, physical, and mental health, their overall well-being. So I'm, I'm also like really perplexed also as to why my mom kind of 
doesn't connect with it anymore because I learned about these things through her, like sobadores and body workers, energy workers. She would go to them when she had issues with her shoulders, issues with her, you know, her arm. I remember going with my mom and she being seen by curanderos, healers. You know, even now she doesn't realize. And I think it's just assimilation too. Like some things like I have a niece and my, you know, when the baby is born, warming your hands, con aceite, putting it over a hot, you know, the fire of a candle and just like putting it on the belly, putting on the top of the head, the, the body. My sister goes, well, what do we do it for? And my mom tells her, she's like, well, you know, you're exchanging, like connecting, exchanging energy with, with your daughter. And I'm like, see? And my brother-in-law, they were like, she sounds like Kathy. Yeah, I got it from her. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if my mom was on the line right now, I would say everything that you, and I'm actually getting emotional. I'd want her to know that my generation and generations forward for us to break those cycles and live better and do better, I had to learn a different way. Our sacrifices were not in vain and I wake up every day doing something that I love. I'm not miserable like I used to be. I'm not lost. What's up, everybody? I'm Steve Ott Lewis, a licensed psychotherapist and host of How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything. I'm excited to share big news. How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything is back. This time, I'll be joined by a very special person, someone whose name you know very well. Hi, everybody. I'm Juleka Lantigua, founder of LWC Studios. Welcome, Juleka. I'm so excited. And by the way, I'll be taking notes. So many notes. As always, on the show, we get to hear stories from black and brown folks who are out there doing great and amazing things. Then I do my thing of offering some feedback and strategies to help us navigate personal and professional challenges. Together, we'll figure out how to achieve on our own terms. Subscribe to or follow How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything everywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. On Twitter and Instagram, you can follow the show at Talk to Achievers. Hi, everybody. I'm Juleka Lantigua, the creator and executive producer of How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything. And I'd like to invite you to be a guest on the show. Every episode, we talk to black and brown folks striving to do big things and looking for ways to level up. Licensed psychotherapist Devon Lewis offers feedback about aspirational challenges we all face. Things like imposter syndrome, perfectionism, and especially how we define success. We'd love to hear about your triumphs and where you still trip up sometimes. Send our producer, Virginia, an email so she can get your story on the show. She's at virginia at lwcstudios.com. Hi, everybody. Juleka here. I'm the host and creator of How to Talk to Mommy and Papi About Anything. And I want to invite you to be on our show. If you're an adult and a child of immigrants from anywhere in the world, I'd love to talk to you about those conversations that are hard but necessary. Things about politics, dating, career, parenting. Seriously, no topic is off limits. Send us an email at hello at talktomommypapi.com and let's get you on the show. That's hello at talktomommypapi.com. See you soon. I bet some of you can relate to Kathy's story. 
talking about a career change often means contending with the different views our parents have about what work is and what it isn't and how our ideas differ when it comes to the American dream. So how can we first gens speak with our parents about stuff like corporate trauma and finding purpose in our work, not just paying the bills? How can we explain our need to redefine success for ourselves? To help us out, I did what I always do. I called in an expert. I am Cynthia Pong. Uh, I am a career coach for women of color and also the founder of Embrace Change, which is a coaching and consulting firm. We specialize in getting people of color the money, power, and respect that we deserve in the workplace. So same question, always to get us going. You listen to Kathy's story. What did you hear? Oh, I heard a very common and resonant journey. I mean, the starting in healthcare, so many of us first gen, second gen folks like in immigrant households, that whole thing, we want to go into the helping professions. And that's the first thing that struck me. Classic kind of move there because we are so community oriented and focused a lot of the time. And then the the migration, if you will, into corporate corporate America, quote unquote, and then the racial trauma and the workplace corporate trauma that happened there. I mean, I hear about that literally every day of every week, you're like, like every week, then that catalyzing moment of when the pandemic hit to be like, this is not what I want to be doing. This is not where I want to be and, and making that move. So that's what I heard. Let's get the vocabulary portion of the program out of the way. Can you help us understand corporate trauma? The way I think about it is when we work in a corporate environment, which is very heavily steeped in white supremacy culture and capitalistic culture, Western Eurocentric norms, that's traumatic. Mm. And not only for people of color and immigrants and first-gen folks in that environment, it's really traumatic for everybody, including white folks in that environment. It just looks different ways and I think it feels different ways. Um, But there's harmful effects of that when we're in day to day, 24 seven, you got to grind for the bottom line. Where's the ROI? How do I make my money? How is this going to help shareholders? All of that stuff is very harmful and not like a natural way of being for any of us, for any human beings. So I think about that a lot. And frankly, I think of my work as harm reduction. It's a little bit of a tangent, but I... I don't see kind of the capitalistic white supremacy working world falling away anytime soon in my lifetime. It's an empire. (laughs) It's absolutely. And there's so many intertwined systems simply designed to uphold it from all directions. And so for people of color and women of color specifically, like I don't want to see us losing out in that world. So it's this weird position that I'm in where I like try to help support people in their careers and help them negotiate more money and things like that. At the same time, recognizing that I don't actually even believe in any of this that we're all doing. Like I want to dismantle the system too. (laughs) So are there specific ways in which corporate trauma impacts women of color like Kathy? It's hard to say without having a longer conversation with Kathy, but if I could kind of take a guess at it, I think one is 
exhaustion and fatigue because we always have to deliver and deliver and deliver and over deliver and do more and more and bigger is better. All of that. So the grind aspect of it is very harmful for our psyche, our mental and physical health. We're probably losing years on our life, you know, grinding away for the man because we are not prioritizing our well-being. We're not prioritizing being outside, drinking water, taking enough bio breaks. I mean, it's as mundane as that. But I know I got clients that just work and work and work and work. Then they go home and they do the homework, the housework, and then they sleep for as few hours as humanly possible. And they get up and they do it again. So that would be the main kind of ways that I think that manifests and impacts us negatively. Okay, so here's a riddle for you because a lot of first gens like Kathy are coming from immigrant parents who idealized and to some extent idolized the corporate American ladder as the way to the American dream. So how do you even begin to talk to your parents about all of that, which you just explained to us, as they are experiencing it? I know it. it's so true because that is the symbol of like, quote unquote, making it. You land, you climb that ladder, you keep your head down, you work hard, you click climbing, keep climbing that ladder. And how do you talk to your parents? I mean, it's, it's so difficult and so fraught because the piece of what Kathy shared that also really sat with me was when she was like, and it's the assimilation and that piece of it. And I was like, yes, because our folks who have come here as immigrants, there's so much of this rhetoric that we all buy into about the like American dream and like what success means and these very defined in the box definitions of success. And our parents have to buy into that in order to do, I think, some of the harder things that it takes and the sacrifice to help set us up. So I think like, you know, explaining it in a way that demonstrates that you hear and you understand and you can empathize with your parents, like literally reflecting back words that they say. It's a negotiation strategy, but can help in this scenario. So you're literally saying to your parents, like, I hear what you're saying. Like, I hear the word that you just used to me and I understand. And also, (laughs) this is where I'm at. So part of what getting off the corporate track does is it lessens the prestige of the work that our parents have put in because you're no longer the trophy that they were molding you to be as a successful first-gen hyphenated American child. It's much harder for them to explain how it is that you are successful and therefore how it is that they've succeeded in making you successful. That is so deep that like thinking about children as an extension of oneself. I mean, that, that I would argue is a problematic way to think of it as well. But yeah. But it's intrinsic though to many of our cultures, especially in the U.S. Yes. It requires the parents to, in a way, be actively rejecting and them going against the grain of, no, this is also success. Like Kathy is also success. And that requires having to undo a lot of those beliefs that we have bought into literally and figuratively. And that's hard. So it does, in, in this way, I think that the children become the catalyst for the parents to either grow or not grow, to kind of either expand or not expand their idea of what is a good life, quote unquote, what is a right life. And for them to also stand proudly in that, in the face of a community that may not think that way. 
All right. So let's think about sort of like the stages of this. So Kathy quits her corporate job. The world falls apart. She makes a path to her professional and spiritual and personal happiness. And mom just doesn't get it. How much responsibility does Kathy bear for helping her mom get it? And how much responsibility does she bear for just being happy? Oh, my goodness. Um, I would say that Kathy bears responsibility for herself and her own definition of happiness and her own relationship with herself, first and foremost, which I know is difficult and also feels very weirdly individualistic and kind of Americanized in and of itself. And also, all we are responsible for, all we can control is ourselves and our thoughts and our behaviors and our reactions. Um, So I would say, sure, Kathy is responsible for making what I'll call is so legalese, like lawyery to say, but a reasonable effort, a good faith effort (laughs) (laughs) to explain to Kathy's mom, you know, that this is what the situation is. At the end of the day, it's Kathy's mom's decision what to do with that. Um, One thing I'll share that, I don't know, may or may not be an overshare, but in my own kind of grappling with differences of opinion, with my parents, the thing that really was the light bulb switch, Julika, was demonstrating to my parents that I had a community of support and that there was external affirmation for what I was doing. And kind of, yeah, like a different display of success, you know, and it was that peer pressure, essentially, of them seeing that their peers in their generation and in their community thought that what I was doing was cool and great. That got them on board. Actually, that's a perfect segue because Kathy has that with her sister and her brother-in-law. They see the things that she's doing, the choices that she's making, how she's living out her own dream and her own purpose. And they go, that's a lot like what mom used to do. Exactly. And it's like, she's like, I know, but she doesn't get it. (laughs) Yes. I mean, and so I think that's the beginnings of it. And also sometimes you got to go out of the friends and family circle. If you have this almost sounds like talking about PR, like public relations, because it's third-party validation. (laughs) Like Kathy basically has to do a mini PR campaign, demonstrate that the healing business and the healing work is super legitimate and is making impact. And like, if enough of that happens and Kathy really stays true to the calling and the dream and the mission, then I I do think eventually Kathy's mom was going to get on board. I mean... I I love so many parts of this testimonial because to me, it really, it represents so many things like Mm -hmm. standing in your own power and in your own authority to be declarative about who you want to be in the world. You know, like I admire that so fundamentally in people because that's how you get free. And then that's how you, by example, give other people a chance to get free also. That is super powerful. And That's how I think we can really dig into and strengthen our own relationship with ourselves, which is in a way the most important relationship in our entire life. And you're absolutely right. This is like being able to stand in your power in that way and declare it unapologetically is going to empower other people to do the same. And that ripple effect, that to me is not only leadership, but it's like transformational movement work. Yeah, Uh, I mean, 100% agree. 100% agree. All right. 
Final question is, what did I miss that I didn't know to ask you that is relevant here? You know, what What really got me in, in what Kathy shared at the end, too, was the, like, I am not lost part. We are not lost. Even when we feel lost, we're not. We're making the path by continuing forward, even when it feels like we're going in circles, or even when it feels like we're stagnant, we aren't. And I think we all have to kind of reckon with that ourselves and recognize us for what we are doing. And the wild thing about Kathy's story too, is that it's almost like full circle. It's not even a newer, different way in a sense, because Kathy is tapping into ancestral ways and wisdom. Yes. And yes, that's what that's that her what mother so exposed her to. I know. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. I had to sit with that one. And also generational trauma and generational healing, it's all intertwined in one big kind of messy thing, but that's the beauty of life also in a way. Cynthia, thank you so much for coming back. Oh, what a joy to talk to you. Likewise, I always love being here. Thank you for the work you all are doing. It is powerful. Oof, that was a word. Here's what we learned from Cynthia today. Reflect back their words. Use this negotiation tactic to show your parents that while you are choosing a different career path, you understand and empathize with their experiences in this country. Enlist third parties. If recognition and status are important to them, highlight to your parents the many ways other people see and value the impact of your work. And remember, make a reasonable effort. Explain your career transition in good faith. But keep in mind that ultimately, you're only responsible for yourself, your thoughts, and your own behaviors. And conversely, your parents are responsible for theirs. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing us. How to Talk to Mommy and Papi About Anything is an original production of LWC Studios. Virginia Lora is the show's producer. Kojin Tashiro is our mixer. Manuela Bedoya is our marketing lead. I'm the creator, Juleka Lantigua. On Twitter and Instagram, we're at Talk to Mommy Papi. Bye, everybody. Same place next week. <laughs>